it's this feverish pace. Like it's just like cooking along. I was just absolutely floored by it. Last weekend, we did the unthinkable. We watched not one, but two season finales. Supposedly, she got so angry at him that she shit in their bed and tried to blame it on one of their animals. I'm going to rip this down. <laughs> I'll settle in. And when I'm done, I'm going to tell you how this could have been fixed and it could have been awesome. And they could have rode this out as long as they wanted to. I love this. <laughs> and it would have been fantastic. And I would have ate every bit of it up. Greetings, Long Walkers. Dave here to welcome you to episode 87. 87, as in 1987, we're talking Lethal Weapon, Monster Squad, I want to say Predator, which I've never actually seen. It's a huge year for Shane Black. Um, you also got Over the Top. I feel like Moonlighting was on the air. My little sister was born. Springsteen released Tunnel of Love. The motherfucking Joshua Tree came out in 1987. We're talking about none of those things um, in, in the episode today. I'm recording this intro on January 18th, MLK Day 2021, commemorating the life and legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who famously said, the moral arc of the universe is long but bends toward justice. In 1968, Dr. King's widow, Mrs. Coretta Scott King, established the Martin Luther King Jr. Center for Nonviolent Social Change, an institution whose vision is, quote, a world that reflects the beloved community where all people are valued, respected, and treated with dignity. And quoting just a little bit more from the kingcenter.org, in the beloved community, poverty, hunger, and homelessness will not be tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. Racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice will be replaced by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. In the beloved community, international disputes will be resolved by peaceful conflict resolution and reconciliation of adversaries instead of military power. Love and trust will triumph over fear and hatred. Peace with justice will prevail over war and military conflict. Sounds pretty great, right? Ordinarily, I might not mention that on such a generally silly show such as ours, but these are anything but ordinary times. And who knows what might happen in the next few days, but I'm hopeful we'll start bending that arc back. <laughs> As for the show, after a bit of housekeeping and processing the shit show of current events, um, all of which I've cut out, because who needs to hear it from us, um, we pick up with Palmer and I talking a little Cobra Kai season three. Just a little bit, we're saving a full conversation until we've watched all of it. Um, Palmer shares his initial reactions to the new Stan limited series, and a certain seminal Christmas classic, which he watched for the first time recently. I give my first impressions of Warrior, the Cinemax HBO original series based on the writings of Bruce Lee. 
Uh, but mostly we talk about Mandalorian season two. It's not an episode by episode type thing, so I don't expect that. But Palmer does give an impassioned take on what would have been an even better direction for the show to have taken, which you won't want to miss. Um, we watch a couple of short YouTube videos together, which you can find over at youtube.com slash long walk short drink. Just scroll down to the videos mentioned on the show playlist if you want to see those. Now, we do start with a mid-season Cobra Kai 3 spoiler, so if you don't want to hear that, skip ahead about four minutes into the once the conversation actually starts. Um, but before I turn it over to the conversation, I want to tell you about my 17th annual mix album. At the end of each calendar year since 2004, I put together a mix of music that acts as a sort of soundtrack to the year that was. I mean, very idiosyncratic to my own experience. Um, Sort of like a, an autobiographical mixtape diary. Um, but I've shared them with people more and more over the years. And if you want a little bit more uh, context about that, you can find it at davidalman.net slash mixalbums, uh, where you can also link to the 16 previous entries. Um, I'd finished my 2020 mix on January 9th, but I'm still writing the liner notes. Nonetheless, I posted the music at davidalman.net slash 2020 mix. And depending on when you hear this, the liner notes might be there, they might not, they'll be up there soon. And a quick reminder, in case you didn't make it all the way to the end of last uh, episode's very long outro, um, you can watch the 1990s adaptation of The Crow that I made with our buddy Jacko um, when we were teenagers. We've talked about it a lot on this show, and it often came up as like not something anyone could see anywhere. And now you can. In fact, um, uh, James O'Barr's friend and collaborator John Bergen came across it on Twitter um, when it got put up on the 31st of October, Halloween of last year. And this is what he said. Straight from the 90s, a feature-length student film adaptation of the Crow graphic novel. The 4-3 ratio and grainy black and white couldn't be more fitting. Give it a watch. If it doesn't win your heart over, then you have no heart. How about that? <laughs> that made my day, to say the least. Um, the Lunch Meat VHS edition tape that I talked about at the, in the outro of the last episode um, that it includes that documentary that chronicles the four years that Jacko and I took to make this um, adaptation. That tape is now, now we're talking like March, I don't know. We'll, we'll see <laughs> when and how or if that happens. But um, you can watch the adaptation online. It's also part of, the, of a Vimeo special edition digital um, package that you can link to over at davidolman.net slash the crow. Honestly, there is so much crow stuff I could drone on about that is in that special edition, but I will not take up any more time here. You can find links to all of that there, davidolman.net slash the crow. And lastly, don't forget you can watch me play my own music in quarantine concerts available on my YouTube and Instagram accounts, both of which are just slash David Ullman. That's U-L-L-M-A-N. And that is all for my shameless self-promoting this time. Remember to skip ahead four minutes if you want to avoid Cobra Kai 3 spoilers. We'll talk more about that in detail in the next episode, I believe. But now, we join the long walk already in progress. fights and uh i i feel like i'm right at the episode breaking point where it's going to start really ramping up 
Are you? Did you just finish the one where Johnny opened Facebook at the end? Is that the one you saw, or were you see one more beyond that? Uh, I saw that one and like the Cobras at the car dealership. Like they. Put oh, all that, the yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, but that's where the last thing I saw was like, you know, Allie Mills' friend request. So I was like, oh. <laughs> I have a theory because because we already talked about how like we think that the one girl Tori is her daughter. Right? Yeah, was that? What did we like? Kind of come up with that one of us or something, or was that an oh, internet thing? No, the, it's a deep cut. But when he first looks at Allie's page on Facebook, her name is hyphenated. Yeah, and the hyphenated name is Tori's name. Oh, okay. That's because then I had yeah. like twisted it to be like her last name was her Mills. Mom's last name or something like that, but it's Allie's last name. Okay. Like Mills, I think. So, but they show Allie's mom is like sick in bed, right? Right. But we haven't seen her, at least the episodes I've seen, you just hear her. I think they're going to take a cop out that she's going to die. And Allie they, will die? They, so they don't have to. So they don't have to show Elizabeth Shue. Oh. You know what I mean? Like they just got her likeness and he's going to piece it together at the last second and it's going to be too late. Like she'll already be dead. And that's how they get like away from like never showing. Oh shit. We can talk about this now because neither one of us have finished. Yeah. Yeah. People who know whether or not they show her, but it's definitely building up to that kind of thing. But I was like, how could they get, get Elizabeth Shue and not keep that and and keep that secret that they've been building at that this whole time. And it just clicked with me today. I was like, oh, that could be an out that like at her being her mom being sick that, you know, Johnny realizes that the connection at the last second and rushes to there only for Tori to be like, she died last night. Like, would do that. A- like, that's just the type of shit that they pull about. Like, yeah, you know, and, near and misses. Get a, because maybe Elizabeth Shue in real life is like, I will never fucking come do this show. <laughs> Just so you know, like, you can pay me all the Netflix money, and I won't come back and do this show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you, already, so you you did Japan, and he did Japan yeah. already. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, I don't so. know if he he hasn't necessarily left. Uh, maybe he left. Anyway, but yeah, that was. That's- that's all like so such good nostalgia. I was I've so emotional about that when in a show like yeah. I wasn't even that into and laugh my ass off. I'd have watched it. I would love a whole show of just him and chosen and uh, that scene in the coffee shop. I just wanted it to go on forever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was laughing uh, so hard. And even him, him and that that guy in the dojo, like where. Oh they, yeah, I like, loved all of that. All of them together. They they did such a good job of playing off of each other they had better chemistry i felt like in that than they did in karate kid 2 when yeah. they were like antagonists with each other they yeah uh, that all that crazy. stuff worked so much for me yeah and so yeah. I'll, I'll take i'll if they got to build up to it great or just if, if like that was all we get like that was really worth it so um so I'm excited that, enough about that. That's to, the answer I can get behind for sure. Yeah, 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 and and it was effective too, and affecting, and that's a, that's important, yep. <laughs> and deepened yep. my appreciation of that whole thing rather than kind of, yeah, because that second movie really, if you watch objectively as an adult, is not quite as great <laughs> as may have seemed as a kid, but this this sort of continuation of it. Anyway, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, I'll just keep you posted as I'm getting through the season and. You do the same thing and we'll just take it from there. 
That sounds for good. Sure. And it's possible. And so it helps. Um, well, yeah, because I don't watch. Well, I was going to say I don't watch shows fast on my own unless they're like on a DVD. <laughs> four by four yeah. that i watch in the bedroom but uh i uh um so the bride is watching with me so that's helpful in terms of uh you know there being evening viewings and all that but she surprised me um i just floated not well i mean i a while back i've been meaning to tell you but i was like do you have any interest in watching the stan uh miniseries or whatever he calls it and she was like yeah okay Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cause all she's, right. she, that's like her thing really. Like she, um, she loves to be engaged in shows and, uh, she kind of burns through ones that she watches on her own and things aren't being produced in the same pace as they have yep. been. And so I think, uh, so I think if she, if she goes for that and then that I'll, I'll let you know if like that, that actually happening, uh, I, I if if I can just push you a little bit and this can go into the show is totally fine. It's fantastic. Oh, you started it? it? it How far oh, are yeah. you finished it? <laughs> no, no. They, they, so first off, if you if you're current, they put them out every week. So oh, you don't okay. get you don't get the full thing all at once. Um and it's a nine part mini series. Uh, all the titles for the episodes are out, and if you've read the book, then oh, yeah. you can uh, you know that they wrap up at least where the book wraps up. Oh, uh, based on the names of the episodes. Okay, yeah, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, <clears throat> so I feel like it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a but, closed thing. And this is kind of where my theory is going, especially for these adaptations, where they're going to start doing. It's not a television show and it's not really a mini series where it's like four episodes, like 10 hour long movies just broken up into serials, you know, like, oh, I, yeah, it, it, yeah, or just a one off. There's no season two. There's no season three. Like there's it's just this. It's it's a story that's so big. A two or three hour movie's not enough. A mini series isn't enough, but we don't want to like that. You don't need five seasons of the stand i think that would get really burnt out really fast right right that book is so massive and the story is so big that nine hours is like still feels like they're like it's this feverish pace i will admit like it's just like cooking along where you're just like so much happens so fast and they juxtapose the order of the book so that everything covered but um, one thing, no major spoilers, but I, like I, like I was telling Ash as we were, cause so there's like four episodes out right now. Is she watching um, with you? Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, and she loved it. Awesome. Absolutely. She's like, I'm just as obsessed with this as I was with the first season of Castle Rock. Oh, and cool. So, yeah. So, um, I'm kind of like, of course, being a Stephen King nerd and like telling her all the differences while we're going through and like how good some of the stuff is and they they are making really 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 smart choices on some of the things that they've changed you know mm-hmm. uh this is not really spoilery i've seen a preview like, um i don't yeah. remember much of it but i've seen enough to know like kind of casting if that's helpful yeah oh yeah and all and all of that is super smart but your, your main like apprehension for it was like it might strike a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, you know, yeah. like, it's a little less fiction than uh, it was. 
And you know how, like in the book, that's the first like third of the book is just like from the gas pumps in Texas to like them meeting Mother Abigail and the whole death of the world. That's like the first <sighs> third of that massive book where <laughs> yeah. they spend so much time just about how fucking awful Captain Trips is, like how bad that plague is and how it just decimates everything. I was telling Ash, I was like, in the uh, like updated and uncut version of the book, there's like 30 pages of just people, how they randomly died after yeah. like survive. I kind of remember that. <laughs> yeah. They just kind of go from uh, one to the next for, for about a little. The, like, the little kid getting trapped in the hole and like the oh. heroin addict who like, like shoots up this pure heroin that hadn't been cut yet. And like he overdosed for no reason. And like, well, I mean, for reason, obviously he was trying to get high. Uh, <laughs> But I can tell you this show does such an excellent job of minimizing the plague. Mm. Like of just not you get you do get like the ramifications of it, but it doesn't wallow in it. Where even I feel like the 90s miniseries mm -hmm. spent a good chunk of time kind of like really rolling around in that like Captain Trips part of the story. Yeah. And this one just kind of glazes doesn't glaze over it you get the gist of it but it doesn't dwell on it it's more focused on like moving them forward into stuff and uh they kind of tarantino the timeline a little bit and i wonder if they made that choice like after the fact where um it kind of starts with them in colorado and starts and it jumps back as it introduces characters to the like pre-plague or not even pre-plague to the like two months into the plague, basically. Like huh. it's all like it, it's it's really cool. Like it's uh I, I really think they did a great choice with that. Of course, they can't not tell the story without covering the plague that yeah. happens. That, yeah. That's what the story's about, right? Yeah. But uh they don't I, I feel like he runs it into the ground in the book, and then they even do that with the uh, 90s miniseries. But this one, it's like they just show enough to let you know how bad it is. Um, and they do they do do this. Like, I should warn you, too, because you're a body. Like, you have aversion to I body. Do, yeah. They do this thing, and it's not in the book. And it's not in... Maybe they kind of talk about it in the book. But I don't remember it from the 90s miniseries. But one of the things that like captain trips exhibits is like they all get goiters they have these giant oh, things hanging beneath their neck <laughs> yeah and just gallons of snot pouring down their face oh, i like think i could do the snot but i appreciate the goiter 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 yeah, they all get these giant goiters that are just like and one guy gets like cut in it and it like oh, sprays stuff it's fucking awful like that oh. that was gross <laughs> i'll <laughs> brace myself yeah <laughs> Oh, I think shit. in the book they talk about how like their lymph nodes swell up so bad. Yeah. That's ultimate. I guess it would be that. But it is stellar. Whoopi Goldberg is great as Mother Abigail. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy they got to play their interpretation of Tom Cullen is fucking amazing. M O O N guy. Oh, like the, yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, fun. Uh, that, that's exciting <laughs> absolutely stellar and he's just like he's got this monologue that he has memorized and he just like breaks into it any like that's just what he's like hello 
My name is Tom Cullen. Please do not be afraid. I am large, but I am very kind. And he like goes through this whole long thing and like it's so awesome. That sounds like frustrated because like people like you know, he meets Nick Andros, right? Mm -hmm. Who's deaf. And he tries to like he says, I cannot read, but I have work hard. And so he starts writing and he's like, Didn't I say that I couldn't read? It is so hard to remember all that stuff. Let me just start over. Hello, my name is Tom Cullen. And it is fucking Oh, that sounds great. And it's so, I, I do, I seem to remember less and less. Like when you said Nick and Andrew, I didn't remember. He was, then you're like the deaf kid. I'm like, oh, right. So I am like a goldfish in that way. And so I'll probably have this thing watching the show where like it kind of comes back to me, but that I will have largely yeah. forgotten so much of the beats of the story that it'll almost feel new. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah. Uh, they have... I'm four episodes in, and they have not introduced the trash can man yet. So, oh, which is exciting. So they're it's really unique. Like I with it's not really spoiling anything. It's just they have a really unique way of that they've been doing the like exposition of the story and and yeah. rolling it out and uh, showing like little vignettes of characters and. Uh, they had Heather Graham had a really awesome cameo in it. Oh, I forgot um, she's in. A, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. So, well, <laughs> so what's awesome is uh, if Larry Underwood, the guy that writes "Baby, Can I Dig Your Man," the musician. Is, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, like that song is like the common vein through the 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 Captain Trips portion of the book. You remember, like every time. They reference music. Baby, can I dig your man? Is playing right, somewhere in yeah, the background, yeah. right? And so he is in New York when the plague like decimates the world, and he meets this old woman in like Central Park that he decides to go on the road with. I kind of remember she, that. Yeah, remember that. And then like she commits suicide. He wakes up right. one morning and she had like taken pills, and like he was so angry with her because he's like. We went through that tunnel in fucking New York. That was the scariest fucking thing that either one of us had ever done. And we got through that. And then she kills herself. Like, yes, I remember that now. Heather Graham, that's the character she plays, is that woman. Like, oh. And I'm like, that's where we got in life? That's how old we fucking are that Heather Graham is playing these old Milfy characters? Come the fuck on. Oh, like, that is a little weird. Who Who is yeah. Larry Underwood? I, I felt like that was a slightly different picture. Um, that... It's a... Uh, it's a black guy. I, yes, that's right. That's right. He's fantastic. He's doing and he's knocking it out of the park. I know that. And actually, all of them are doing great. Uh, 94 was when the original <laughs> miniseries came out. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and that was weird. Like, I, I appreciated it, you know, for what it was and certain things about it. But it was what I didn't like was that it was. You know, it was like 20 years after the book was written almost. So, yeah. like, it wasn't really representing the right kind of... Well, that, that's one thing I really like about Stephen... Like, when going back th through the Stephen King chronology was, like, when the films were made around the times the books were released, like, it had a nice, like... it. I don't know. It felt right. You know, like your Pet cemetery yeah. or your... So, that kind of thing. But The Stand was already kind of dated by the time they made well, the movie. They did do a good job of. I, I I felt like the It miniseries was like that too because they cut back. That was told in the mid '90s, 
and or the late 80s right yeah i think it was like 1990 for some reason that's what i think but and so um and it's jumping back to the 50s and the yeah. 80s so i don't know I, I i agree with you this though they did a great job of up it feels relevant I, um and maybe that's because we're going through through a pandemic <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it sounds like they're they've uh, done it well a depot is that man's oh yeah uh, i don't I, I don't know that name but he is in let's see if what what else have we seen him in uh the watchman miniseries oh the bride loved that that might be a good selling point oh and the uh, scars guard guy i'm just looking at the cast now or mother 2017 oh i haven't seen that one you know i hear about yeah. it a lot but yeah um, I, don't, I don't know but, this guy Oh, so he's one in of Watchmen. The is in it. Oh. James Mars Marsden is uh, Stu Redman. He plays a pretty good Stu. Um, man, I it it is just oh, Greg Kinnear. I forgot he plays a great Glenn Bateman. Uh, Remind me who Glenn Bateman is. He's the he's the old college professor that Stu Redman meets with uh, Kojak the dog. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was played by the guy in the nineties miniseries. He was played by the guy who played my favorite Martian. Ray Walton is the guy who played Glenn Bates. Oh, Glenn I, I, I know who that. Yeah. I think I know who you mean now. Joven Adepo, if I'm saying that name right, I believe he plays, I don't want to give anything away from Watchmen, but remember, I, I think I said before that Watchmen, the TV series, that's like, um, you know, it doesn't readapt the book. Or the comic book, yeah, or or it retell that story. Up after, right, like, I think it's like its own or, thing. I can't remember though where it falls, like in the chronology yeah. of however that works. But for me, had the best origin, like superhero origin story, maybe I've ever seen. And Jordan Depo plays in that origin story. Oh, nice. So I wonder if nice. that will come back to me because anyway, uh, I'm excited for this. That's great. I, I've. Yeah, I'm well, looking and, forward to it now. Uh, my only complaint about it, and it's not because of her acting, she's actually doing a decent job, is it's got Amber Turd in it. Uh, <laughs> it's a hell of a name. Oh, Amber Heard. Oh, Turd. Yeah. Here's what you're, Amber okay. Heard, yeah, <laughs> uh, because there, you know that she's go, she went through a really awful like divorce with Johnny Depp, right? Kind of, yeah, I have a general sense and, of that. And uh, they just went through some, uh, they just went through uh, defamation case over in london over it and it got really ugly i am siding with johnny depp though because he claims that she makes she made all that she's batshit crazy made all of her accusations of abuse up and she actually like physically abused him I've heard and, uh, yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah. But one of the one of the best story my favorite story that came out of all this is supposedly she got so angry at him that he, he claims she shit in their bed <laughs> and tried to blame it on one of their animals. Oh my and so, god. Like so because of that he started call- passive aggressively calling her amber turd and <gasps> I think that is the funniest thing, shit, pun intended. The funniest shit, pun intended. 
ever. So oh now God. I, of course, have to refer to her as Amber Turd. Wow. Um, what a shit show, but that's kind of a funny spin on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but she actually does a pretty good job. She plays Nadine Cross, who is the like. She the gobbler? <laughs> no. The gobbler? <laughs> no. I just want to remember from the book where Larry Underwood had, I don't know if it's like a person he just sees once, but. It's an oral sex thing. He's like, she's oh. like oh, I knew she was the type. I was just like, Jesus. <laughs> no, she's the she's the one that like finds the mute autistic kid. Oh, Joe. right, right. Okay. She, she's she's supposed to be the like chosen lover of Randall Flagg ultimately. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's all like it kind of comes back to me, but I need a little prodding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I. It, it is good. I hope I didn't spoil anything for you. No, I'm all uh, that all sounds like enticing. That sounds great. I'm so glad to hear that. That makes me excited for it. It's so weird right now, like in terms of like yeah. my reaction to anything. You yeah. Know, one day I could be like, well, that sounds amazing. Next day I'm like, I can't fucking deal with it. <laughs> you have not seen anything yet. We haven't even got started on the Mandalorian. And oh I yeah. Am... Well, you know, it's so the stand thing stand, stands uh, pun always included or intended to happen potentially sooner rather than later. Cause last weekend we did the unthinkable in the world of the bride and television. We watched not one, but two season finales. Uh, what in one night in one night what <laughs> and she's like you fucking tell people this <laughs> when you talk about because like it's she's legendary for well i mean in our small circle for not she wanting to finish not things finale of alias no like and her, she will she'll her, put off yeah she's never watched the finale of alias when her favorite shows and and she'll sometimes not watch the um season finale of certain things like maybe a doctor who like until like the next one's about to start she loves yep. it all so much that she doesn't want it to end and we have a handful of shows that are you know like really fun for us and if the better the show <laughs> the less likely well it's not so much the better the show if it's a really good show it's a show we like if it's a very limited supply i mean or if there's say only one season in reserve or something it might be doled yeah. out very slowly to me <laughs> she'd be like i'll be like can we watch ap bio she's like no and i do think we didn't watch ap bio even when it was on peacock for maybe i don't want to say a year but a long time and so now we're uh like into dairy girls and there's not very many ep episodes of that so i'll be like can we watch one of those she's like oh no sir uh grace and frankie is like that we but and uh it, but but it's so fun too when she'll like she'll be like what do you want to watch i'm like i don't know whatever and sometimes she'll put something on i'll be like oh we're watching this now and she's like relax don't make me regret this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a, you know what? So reassuring. This is going to sound silly, but it sounds like you have as many streaming services as I do. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We've, we've, I should have cable. You guys do have cable still, don't you? Uh, we have YouTube TV, but it's okay. fuck such a fucking racket. Um, it's so much more expensive than we started. Just the Hulu. We did but, get rid of Hulu. We bundle, I bundle all of my services through Hulu. So like oh. Hulu, Hulu, no ads, Disney plus and ESPN bundle. So that's all lumped together. 
and then HBO Max, and then we just added Stars and Showtime because I'm like, fuck it, we might as well have them all. Well, that sounds and nice. So, yeah. <laughs> so you get all of that, and you get and it's fifty six dollars a month, and then we have we have like the Peacock top tier, no ads, uh, whatever. And we have CBS All Access. We have YouTube Premium. We have Netflix. Oh, yeah. It does add up. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I was so tickled. I found an app that you can search all of the content. You tell it what streaming services you have. Mm -hmm. And then it'll let you search all of them just on the app. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What what is it called? Uh, so, I'm interested in this. <laughs> um, you can even put it on your TV. I might have taken it off. Oh no, it's right here. Real good. R e e l g o o d. Real good. Uh, you can even put it on your TV, so oh, you can wow. browse it right there, and then you can give it permission. It will actually open those apps and start them and everything. But that was too. It was too intrusive for me. But the searching feature is really nice, and the genre feature is really nice. So like you can go to comedy and it'll only show you stuff that you have access to. Oh, wicked. Show you, show you it across all of your services. Oh, wow. This is great. Yeah. So it's a lifesaver as, because we'll spend more time looking for something than actually watching it. Like you do that. You ever spend those nights doing that? Like, Oh, I hate it. Well, I, I, yeah, I have such a, that's why I like it. Ultimately our TV watching is so driven by, um, I, it's not all her mood. Like I have these things about like that. I, I'm I better about it now, especially through quarantine and all this. But I used to be like, that's not a, that's not a weeknight show. That's a weekend show, or vice versa. Especially like I don't want to yeah. watch a week. What I could, what I consider a weeknight show on a weekend. <laughs> anyway, so there's begins <laughs> to be these weird rules. But on my own, I really I watch such a kind of a thematic thing that I, if any, but I do sometimes need to like find. I'm like, where can I find this? Uh, or like Warrior, I'm, I've I've started to watch the Warrior season or, or series that's based. It's the bless you, Kazuntite, a bacon powder. Um, is that the uh, is that the Jackie Ch- or not Jackie? Ch- I'm so sorry, the Bruce okay. Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Bruce uh, Lee journal thing. Yeah, so that uh, was the same same um, writings that he he was developing to, that became the series Kung Fu, but it's like goes back to his original plans and um, yeah, I'm sure I'll talk more about it at some point, but it. It, it is well i mean i'm only like two or three episodes in and right but right now i'm watching it on blu-ray which i've had for a year <laughs> um but it just came to hbo max which actually yeah it reminds me what i, I wa- wanted say, to I ask you oh you should you, you should, about you should it. oh you wait you've seen it or or no, you no i haven't seen it but i was i thought i might have had some bruce lee that like because uh, i didn't think you had hbo max and i was going to be like Oh, dude, I got this Bruce Lee yeah. thing, and I heard it's like it's the Cobra Kai that you like. You never knew you wanted. That's yeah. That's how he described it. Like, it is actually, it is definitely a better show than Cobra Kai, but it's it's such a different tone. Like it's oh, um, cool. it oh, looks like a period. It, it is, like, yeah, and that was the yeah. thing because like so if you remember from you know when we were kids in the eighties and stuff, David Carradine and Kung Fu, like is this whole you know wander Game around town. Yeah, downtown get yeah. adventures and stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like that. Um, but they wouldn't. Hi, Mia. They wouldn't. I'm Mia. <laughs> I can't see her. Come here. No, of course not. I'm in. Oh, the that's lake. awesome! And you got your Mia Wallace shirt on. And we just mentioned Pulp Fiction. 
running. Oh, what a pumpkin. That is crazy, though, how all that came up. We mentioned Pulp Fiction. You unzip your shirt, Pulp Fiction shirt with Mia Wallace on the, on the <laughs> chest, and then the Mia, Mia popped up. She uh, comes booping me in the butt. She does this oh, like really? awesome thing. Where she just, like She'll hit you with her nose like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> she, uh, oh, I, I like I have some awesome Mia stories that I could tell, uh, but I don't want to step all over. Oh the, no, hit me with one. I'm we're you know warrior, right? Like yeah, we're forty warrior. minutes away from where we want to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely want to check out that show. It looks fucking fantastic. Um, I watched the trailer for it, and I actually was hoping to watch it to bring it up at the Cobra Kai episode because I didn't anticipate. I didn't even think that it would be out on DVD because that was a Cinemax show. It started on Cinemax. Yeah. And... Yeah. Like uh, two, two, three, I don't know, two or three years ago. And they uh, finish or cancel it like before it, it was done. Cinemax has decided not to make original content anymore. And yeah. so I, they just kind of did a thing on, on social media, but then, you know, the world started to burn even brighter or harder or whatever you call it, like bad. So they, you know, it's, kind of in poor taste to really push it too hard but they i think they want to now that's on hbo max they want to drum up some support for it so that maybe hbo max would like put yeah in. and i have to tell you uh the well there's rumors i've heard that peacock is trying to sell like that hbo i'm sorry warner warner media and universal are discussing a potential merger which would essentially pull all of like the NBC Universal stuff in with Warner Media, which would be essentially think Peacock and HBO Max combined into one mega, like all of their content that they have access to all together in one thing. Oh. And HBO has gone straight for the jugular at both Netflix and Disney Plus, and they are legit. They are creating all of the fan favorite things from all of the different properties that they have. So uh, a really good example is there prior to HBO max existing, there was this DC universe that you could take up that you could subscribe to. And it was essentially like a DC subscription service that you got access to a huge catalog of like digital comics Whoa. essentially, but they also made actual content that, uh, comic news and articles and then one of the other things they had was a video arm that made like video media and um doom patrol the first season of doom patrol started on uh this dc universe stream uh, um subscription service another one was uh this harley quinn animated series oh i've heard of that, that. Had a, yeah had a huge cult following yeah huge cult following and just because of that, HBO is like, yeah, we're going to keep making those shows. Like, we're going to keep making. So, I'm thinking that there's a strong, if there's a strong enough contingent of people that love this Warrior show, like, there, uh, uh, HBO has just been greenlighting projects. Like, oh. they're in that. Like, let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks, and we're okay with that because they're fucking HBO, and the shit they make is good. You know, oh, so that would be great. It just so I'll, I'll kind of set it up for you. I, I would recommend watching the first one. I've only seen three, so I don't know where it goes. But the first one surprised me. The opening scene. So this was a um, a concept that Bruce Lee developed in the seventies, but they didn't 
they just wouldn't bank money on a Asian lead, which they barely do sure. now. But um, and uh, so, but yeah, so his whole thing was like, you know, wh- how can you have martial arts be the center of something in a world where you can just, you know, enter the dragon? It's like, why doesn't somebody take a forty-five and bang, settle it? <laughs> you know, and yeah. so you always have to figure out a reason why that's not a factor. And so in this case, he was like, well, let's start in um. You know, and the during the time that the Chinese built the railroads, and the, and that there, were, but so it turns out there's all this like gang type stuff, like wars between uh, Chinese gangs and Chinatown, and it's a little bit corner of history, I think. Like I don't know how much of the historical accuracy is part of it, but I think probably more than I would have thought. I don't know, but so that that's a part of it. So that's kind of interesting as well. The first scene is like the guy that would be Bruce Lee's character getting off the boat um to to work on 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 well i think it's the railroads anyway but so the uh the first scene though he gets into a fight and the whole thing like you're just like oh my god i could so see how this would be bruce lee the way the guy's behaving the way that he fights and it's a little like you just kind of take that in and then the credits start and then uh, the show starts to progress and it kind of moves from there. It kind of gives you that to like acknowledge like this is where we're coming from. And there's always that flavor. I I, I can, for the three episodes in, I'm still kind of often imagining like Bruce Lee playing this role and how cool it would have been to to see him do something like this. Um, But it, it's much more sort of intriguing and complex than I would have thought. I didn't watch Deadwood really but it feels to me like this this parts of deadwood i've heard about and seen because the bride watched it and loved it so it has that sort of flavor that i I, because and i told her like after i've watched a few i'm like we don't uh olafon in it right which she can't fucking stand i do that is a drawback for me though we're working our way towards it i I thought she can't stand it's me it's me oh based on one like dumb thing (laughs) but uh, sorry i thought that was uh because I, I was surprised because i isn't he in deadwood he oh yeah i believe so yeah i think he's one of the main yeah. characters so it's yeah. got that kind of vibe and then the the martial arts choreography is great um it's got incredible music it's like um yeah. it's got that it's a got like it feels sort of i almost hesitate to say this now because of like how shitty he was to bruce lee <laughs> but uh it's got a tarantino vibe about the yeah. kind of coolness of the music. What actually that's the first time I thought of that. It really reminded me more of like how the the black exploitation type like the, how the sort of hip hop culture embraced Bruce Lee. And so it's got this flavor of the of the sort of 70s type music that was in some of his early movies but processed in this new way. I don't know, it's weird. It's like this thing that's that could have existed in the 70s was developed then. It really works. I don't for me. And then and there's a lot of fucking in it and nudity, which oh, is nice. Yeah, all right. Because <laughs> there's like brothels like and stuff, it. and it all has yeah. like this like grounding and basis oh, in it. I like titties. Jeez, oh. am I allowed to like titties? I can like. Titties, I think so. Right? Yeah, everybody likes yeah. titties. I think even gay guys like titties for the most. I yeah, believe yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like. I think them. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is something we can all agree on, like as yeah. a society, as a culture, as a as a world, perhaps. <laughs> oh well, yeah, I said it. It's out there. Who cares? I, I like them. I back you. Anyway, but there are a lot of that, so that's kind of fun too. Um, oh. uh, so I, I really highly recommend the few of those I've seen. It's on HBO Max now. And I told the bride too. I was like, I, I watched a few. I'm like, I I I'm not saying we should make this part of our routine, but I think you should watch it. If you feel like it, 
if you get into the, I think the first episode is enough to figure out whether or not it will, you would be into it. Cause I think it's different than you might imagine. Um, and she loved Deadwood and all this. And so yeah, she may end up doing, I don't know. I'm not going to pressure her about it. And then there's a second season that I don't have on Blu-ray that I'll watch with her. Ash has been watching just about everything I've wanted to recently. So I, I feel like I owe her a couple. So I feel, I feel like the next couple shows we're probably going to watch are going to be from her list, but we finished, uh, breaking bad. And oh, I, did you watch that before you rewatched it or I, she hadn't seen, seen it? it before, so this is my second time through it. And I really wanted to watch it just so that I could see El Camino, which was the, Oh yeah. We, I think we watched, yeah, we watched El Camino. It's like, it's like what happened to Jesse Pinkman because it, yeah. the show it's, it is deflating how, like his send off on the show is like it's just him driving off into the night and i get what they were going for but it just wasn't fair so i liked el camino because it really gave us an opportunity to see that to, to ensure jesse got a, a clean break from that life uh yeah which is what he deserved because i really feel like he was one of the if not the biggest victim of walter white from that whole show. Probably um, the heart of the show as I look back. Yeah. On it. I was and satisfied so, with that at the time. I was just so happy that he didn't die. And the last time you saw him, he was like, yes, bitch, drive it away. But El Camino yeah. was definitely, it was great to like see what happened next. Yep. Yep. And uh, I mean, yeah. So that was great. She absolutely loved that. Uh, we've been, we're trying to get to the fourth season of Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. uh, but we, that like, it's so infrequent because we don't catch it live. So it's so infrequent for us because their release schedule is like so spread out, um, on when they release seasons, uh, that usually when the season is released, I want to go through everything up to that season. So I remember it because it is. It's one of those shows that every frame has an in joke for two seasons, four episodes away. Like it's <laughs> like it, it's crazy. It's very it's very oniony. There's tons of layers, and it's it's a show that rewards repeat watching. Huh. Um, which I I, I think like my, like Ash at any point in time could turn on an episode of Friends or the movie You've Got Mail, and I'm like, <laughs> what are you getting from it on your hundredth viewing? Like what? What? You go to the but mattresses, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And so yeah. Shit. Uh, <laughs> she's gonna absolutely love when I tell her said that. Uh but yeah, um it, it is a show that's great for that. Uh so we were watching Rick and Morty, and then we started the stand, and she's just as hooked as I am on the stand. It's it's just, oh, it's really well done, and they did a great job of just really smart choices. Oh, that's great! I think that might fill the Walking Dead hole in the bride's heart. That's still a, we still watch like those Walking Dead shows, and I think that might be appealing yeah. to her as well. We did also watch the Mandalorian. Like, the oh Mandalorian yes, season. yes, yes. Which oh. lets uh. Well, I don't know. You want to dive dive into that? I I so okay. Before we dive into it, though, 
I know one of the things that's very important to you is that if you care about something or enjoy something, you don't like to be doused with like tons of negative criticism around it. Oh, yes. Thank you. Like taint your feelings about it, which I can respect. So I have to know (laughs) what your overall feeling of it is. So I know how to gauge my approach. Excellent. That's so thoughtful of you. I, uh, I, I liked it. I like, I just sort of watched it and didn't really think too much about it or wasn't very affected by it though. The last episode I, I notably liked the best and was the most emotionally engaged in, I would say. And, and there was one episode that had a Bruce Lee connection that I enjoyed, <laughs> but I, mostly yeah. just like, I liked it. I wasn't like, fuck this or this is bad, but I also wasn't like, this is great. So I really would just kind of, there's nothing, um, that could be, I think, ruined or lost. I can work with that. I'm very level, uh, like level playing field for it. So I, I'm with you. The I really enjoyed the the episode you're referring to with the Bruce Lee connection. Uh, that was like a, an amazing old samurai movie. Yeah, just like, so good. Even like the architecture of the planet that they were on reminded me of like like feudal Japan almost. Oh, right, uh, right. Uh, and uh, uh, no, it's fantastic. That episode was fantastic. The Bill Burr episode. Yes, I, I liked that too. That yeah, I forgot. Like, and we are Ash and I are absolutely in love with Bill Burr. Uh, he like his his rants are just like they're just epic, and he's just so <laughs> angry all the time, and yeah. just like, um, but he doesn't really like. He's not. He sounds like Archie Bunker, but he's not a bigot. You know what I mean? Like he's not like Yeah, I think I think so. And I I, I think I've not heard him enough to feel the same like uh unabashed fondness. I'm always like, oh, I oh, yeah. I don't know. This uh <laughs> but but I that moment in that show though when he was like cuz he kind of seems to play like a version of Bill Burr in space. Yeah. And when he like yeah. shot that guy, I was like, "Oh, I'm all right, turned around on him. <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. Um, coming, uh, like, so the last episode was spoiled for me. Uh, oh yeah. Did how far like after did you watch it, or was it like spoiled instantly? It wasn't spoiled instantly. I, there was definitely a gap where I should have caught up with the show and I would have been okay. But there, like, eventually Mark Hamill, like, tweeted out about how he actually, what spoiled it was the tweet about how grateful he was that his being a part of that was kept a secret for over a year and not <laughs> spoiled for anybody. And that's what spoiled it for me. Oh, man. I The only thing I saw was I saw Mark Hamill tweeted anybody seen any good TV lately? And there was a line in one of the things with that I think I misunderstood about like needing to take the kid to some sort of place where there's like strong Jedi powers. I was imagining it was going to be like the Island that Luke was on or was teaching Jedi at or so. So that was like that insinuation I was hoping. And then I saw his tweet, anybody seen any good TV shows lately? I'm like, Oh, we're going to see Luke Skywalker. It didn't yeah. play out the way I thought, and I think I was confused about some of it. But yours was so much more like explicit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, 
so, there was, so that was coming into it. Um, I I don't know if I said this to you yet before, but I really feel like I need to take a break from Star Wars. Um, oh wow, that sounds like so sad and I, declarative. I can't. I can't enjoy it anymore. Um, Rise of the Skywalker. I had an amazing experience with an amazing group of people surrounding that film. But in my time since then to where I could get to like look back and kind of dissect the film, there's some really major problems with it. Like uh, serious problems that I feel could have been done. Things could choices could have been made better. I think um, I think we got a little bit shortchanged on that last episode and i think it's i was so 100 bought in on ryan johnson's vision with the last jedi and like trying to break and explore beyond like i said to ash today we've had nine films totaling countless hours <laughs> that have centered around a one family essentially yeah you yeah know? like in an entire galaxy far, far away. There's a <laughs> thousand-year-old religion that exists in this universe, and we've only really explored one family mm. over the course of 40 years. That's fucking outrageous. <laughs> yeah, That's so, so outrageous. <laughs> um, so I'm just start. I, I am concerned that I am such a cynic right now be, for whatever reason that I'm going, I, I that I am going to just become one of those toxic Star Wars fans, and I hate them so much <laughs> that I can't let myself become one of them. That seems like a good choice. I mean, in terms of like those two options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Oh man, I'm totally stepping all over any of your reactions that you would oh, be given about this. But like, no, that's okay. This is uh, this is what I'm here for. Right. <laughs> like, tears were rolling down my on my face while he was fighting the dark troopers. Like oh yeah, Luke Skywalker. Troopers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like would, tears. Yep, yep, pouring down my face. Me too. And I was like, so re I was so ready for the theme, you know. Do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah. It's like his X-wing comes like flying in. And you're just like, I know who's fucking X-Wing that is. <laughs> right. And they're all like, and they're all like, who the fuck is this guy? Because nobody knows who Luke Skywalker is. That's what they're illustrating is like, we, Luke Skywalker is our fucking world, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. nobody there knows who he is. Like, that's like, that's. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. All right. So, oh, so that feeling right there, just remember that. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally, I'm gonna rip this down. <laughs> and lid. when I'm done, when I'm done, I'm gonna say, and this is how I feel like all of this could have been avoided if they would have done this. All and I'm gonna right. harken back to that feeling, that realization. For that moment, we're in on a joke. That the rest of the universe that we've been living in doesn't isn't in on. Huh. We know that's Luke Skywalker. They have no fucking idea who that is. Right. They might right. not know what an X-wing is. Right. Like yeah. it's a oh, 
It's a rebel fighter. <laughs> Do you know that joke when Logan said that to, to Kristen? <laughs> okay. So all this is great. He like he fights. There's this amazing. I like. I was looking at this on. Let me drop this in. Copy. So this is somebody took the. Darth Vader kill shoot scene from Rogue One. Oh, wait, it's the deep fake. Don't watch the deep fake yet. I don't want you to watch the deep fake yet. I want you to watch the. Um, uh, oh, shit. I know what I need. Hang on. That one is going to be. That's part of what, what they could have done if they wanted to stay with what they did, if that makes sense. Yeah, I sort of feel like it's going to look better. <laughs> It looks a million times better. And I'm going to tell you that is, that's my biggest complaint. It's so off putting to me at how bad his de-aging was that it ruined it for me. Yeah, me too. I I don't want it to, I don't want to derail though. Your whole thing. Like I'm ready for the journey. (laughs) So I mean, that's what it boils down to. So, but so, this happens, right? Um, let me see if there's another one from earlier in the day. No, okay. So this has to be it, yeah. So this person took the scene from Rogue One where Darth Vader like kills everybody in that hallway. Yeah, yeah. And, and spliced it right next to Luke's scene from the end of Mandalorian. Oh. So it's like Darth Vader, father, and the son. And then watch how similar they are. It's amazing. Oh, interesting. All right. So let's on th- uh, on three. We'll just play this and we'll just go through this. Okay. This is this is like all awesome up to this point. All right. On three, two, one. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one. Start. Blaze Lair. Oh, wow, it's so cool how the angles sort of complement each other with the lightsabers. Holy shit! This is incredible. This is uncanny. Yeah. Right. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right. So I pause. I, I'm done. That, that's wow. So really cool, right? Like, if yeah. I, even while I was watching it the first time, I was like, oh my God, they totally lifted that whole Darth Vader scene for this choreography to like, draw a connection between father and son, like fighting on both sides of the force, like, and, but how their like styles are similar, which is awesome because yeah. they only, like fought each other twice. Like, so Luke's only seen Vader fight. And that was at the end of his life when he really wasn't at his prime. Right. Right. Vader, right. Wasn't yeah. at his prime. And so, uh, <laughs> that's always bothered, bugged me about the rogue one thing because you see that. And then it goes right into new hope. 
but so like an hour and a half later he's already at that like barely able oh yeah like, <laughs> like, yeah he like can't fight really yeah, yeah i mean you can't awful. i mean you can't have everything yeah. obviously um but anyway so, so sorry sidetrack so yeah so it goes through all that and he takes off his fucking hood that and happened. it just yeah. as soon as that hood came off i was instantly disgusted yeah it, me too and the and the cg was the reason why I was disgusted. But then what really, like, in the pit of my stomach bothered me was that Disney literally established a precedent that the worst of Star Wars fandom can complain enough to get what they want. Hmm. Because that was, at that point, I realized I got angry about that. The fact that they lifted the choreography from rogue one, they couldn't even give Luke, like, you know, they probably just recycled some of the CG and stuff and just like put new mats and new skins on it. And it's like to d- lean on the well, father and son are going to fight similar. <laughs> yeah. No, you just wanted to fucking save money. You douchebags. Like it's a, you've been doing that since the 1930s when you've been lifted, you know, recycling your animation cells from, they have proof of you doing that from like, I think it was Robin Hood used a lot of similar stuff for, there was another feature that they had animated, but they were the same. They just like re-textured the characters basically. Huh. And I'm I'm like, they probably fucking did that for some of the shots in that, in those fights. Like they just re-textured stuff that was already CG. And then his mouth didn't sync up right with the words and just like your Disney who invented animation, (laughs) this this film, who literally invented the the idea of computer-generated effects. And you can't, you want to give your fans this service, put a billion dollars into that shot, into that scene, make that look as good as possible, right? And so then that takes us to now, like the other YouTube one. The deep fake one? Yeah, the deep fake one. So if um, uh, go ahead and if you get that one synced up to zero 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 zero. Okay. In three, two, one, go. Are you a Jedi? I am. It looks better. Yeah. Dumb little one. The, the textures are better. He doesn't um, want to go with you. But it's still not 100%. Wait he till he talks. Permission. See? It's oh, I see. He is strong with the Force. But talent without training is nothing. But it does look better. I will give my life to protect the child. But he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. Go on. I'm in the I'll see you again. I promise. Oh yeah, I can see it there. In particular, the be with you. Huh. So, um, and all of this really, in all of these like rapid fire, I start to have this resentment. And a lot of it is stemming from the fact that Disney caved, and they didn't even cave well. 
that like it, it felt just as spiteful as Lucas putting the original vert when everybody wanted digital copies of the original on DVD. Mm-hmm. And he literally put the like mono version of like, yeah. he didn't even say a new hope on the crawl. Right. Like, like, okay, you want an original, like I'll give you the original print. Like it ran the first day and that, <laughs> and like, I will cherish those because that's the closest I'll get. Right. Yeah. Pro- well, but, yeah. But this feels just as spiteful where they're just like, all right, you wanted it. Like, here you go. But we're not going to we're still going to stay at a television budget to make it happen. And it's like. That really it just bothered me on a lot of levels. And I know and again, I'm trying not to sound like one of those like whiny Star Wars fans too late. I get it. (laughs) Uh, You're invested. That's that's the whole point of fandom. It really. But. I then I just started thinking back and this whole past year, like 2020, of course, has been awful for a lot of things, but there were some really troubling things that came out of Star Wars news over the course of 2020 that I feel like this this thing with Mandalorian that happened was a test, I feel like, and it's a sign, a synthesis of this news that I don't necessarily agree with or like coming out of Lucasfilm. Um, I have links to all these articles that I've referenced throughout the year uh, that I can share if you want to see them. But like, it really started with the bat. The, there was some almost immediate backlash to Rise of the Skywalker, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like Disney needed somebody to blame, and they wanted to blame Kathleen Kennedy for for it because she fought so hard for ryan johnson's position so disney felt like their problem was they needed to clean up the mess that got created with the last jedi Hmm. uh with ryan johnson's the last jedi and they couldn't see the vision that she was trying to support in ryan johnson's last jedi and they felt that they needed i mean uh it's it's been proven that the film was essentially written by a board um, of people making the the what they felt were the best commercially viable decisions for the movie. The for, uh, Rise, Rise of Skywalker? Sky. Yeah. And that's another troubling, like another thing that like, like now they're just planning for fan service. What like we let's cobble together all of the most fan servicey things into one movie and make that happen. And it, and I'm trying not because I know you like uh, Rise of the Skywalker, and there are things I really like about Rise of the Skywalker. I just don't think it does well as a Star Wars movie, um, in some aspects. And I definitely don't think it did a fair job of wrapping up this amazing trilogy that got started with the first two movies. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I've heard that I've heard that sentiment about like the these three new movies a lot. It's weird, like more so now than I mean, some there were people are upset right away, but I feel like there's been like more um, dissatisfaction as time goes on. And I I really enjoyed everything. Like I I liked Solo. I and I think that contributed to part of it. Like Solo is what really killed the expanded universe of movies that they were planning at that time because that did so poorly. And then it came out that they found out that it was really just like bots had brought it down like negative comments on social media that were just made by bots basically oh no a lot of that like malaise about it yeah 
led to it failing. And so the, so that, and, uh, and then that leads to them deciding that we're going to, you know, Mandalorian season one, totally. They're like, this is the direction we're going. They're like, they've said like television, these like serial episodes of the star Wars universe are what we're going to focus on right now. And when you look at their expanded slate of stuff, Lucasfilm is putting out over the next four years or so. There's only one Star Wars movie on that whole thing, Rogue Squadron. That's it. And uh, oh. all the rest of them are, are television projects. Like oh, okay. Yeah. You're getting the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Oh, you're getting the... I'm here for like, that, though. Put, put I know that's awesome. And I, like, I like, got excited when I heard Hayden Christensen's coming back as Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, I, that's, I, that really excited me a little I bit. I caught wind of that. And then like when, 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 the, hood, when, when the hood was going to go up, it was so weird because like my associate, my, my timelines are all fucked up and everything. But the, when I just saw the bottom of what turned out to be Luke Skywalker, CGI jaw, I was like, is that Hayden Christensen? Like, is this going to be Hayden Christian? I knew he was like back involved. Yeah. Yeah. My, my real hope for that moment was based on this uh, incorrect timeline was that I thought it was going to be Mark Hamill, probably looking like we saw him uh, in the sort of, um, projection of himself in last jedi where he liked that kind of shorter hair yeah. like not quite as old but like still able to kick ass it, basically i thought it would be around the time before like kylo ren killed all the jedi yeah. and stuff like that i thought it was like near then so i think if it had that was what i was responding to i was like oh shit we're gonna see him and if that had been the luke skywalker that we saw i think i would have just continued to ball I did, Absolutely. so I was de I deflated, Absolutely. and then R two came around the corner, and then I was like, oh, I was like, what the fuck? Yep. A fucking trash can just moved me more than this goddamn CGI bullshit. And then, so then they were there was rumors that they were trying to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy and were offering her job to just about anyone in Hollywood, and nobody wanted to take it. Like yeah. they tried to offer it to J.J. Abrams. And some of this, uh, some of this stuff is speculative, but it's all stuff. I, it's all stuff that makes you wonder, right? And yeah, I mean, I hadn't heard all of this. Like, I think you might be building towards some of what you had shared with me at some point. But when I'm hearing just like the kind of business sense of it all, which I have none, <laughs> uh, and I have a lot of contempt for, I guess. But um, it sounds like one of those things where you're like, yeah, you need a fall guy, or if like somebody see, appears to be the one that that fucked up that you can point the finger at they gotta fire somebody so it sounds like yep. that was her with all of this getting to kathleen kennedy and so then then it was this rumor came out where uh have you ever heard the name doomcock Sorry, no. I, I had it no, previously. No, no. I think maybe you told me about it before, but it I, that it's a. He, I'm pretty sure he's a. U, I don't even know. I'm I'm pretty confident he's a YouTube content creator, but he, he gets a lot of like really good Hollywood gossip, and okay. a lot of it tends to be accurate when it when when the laundry comes out, right? Okay. And okay. so, so this this is a this is a story that reported a a rumor that Doomcock had put out. But basically, Disney went to Lucas and said, we need you to come fix Star Wars. And, and he had four demands yeah. that if he was going to come back, 
they had to meet. And the demands were, I get to make my sequel trilogy because he he there's an interview with him where he says he was heartbroken selling Star Wars to Disney. And then there was another interview that he gave where he said, I felt betrayed when I saw the new Star Wars trilogy. So his first condition was, I get to make my sequel trilogy. Condition two, I have full creative power until I decide to hand it off. Condition three, Kathleen Kennedy is gone. Condition four, Disney agrees to never, ever mess with the original trilogy, leaving it untouched. And when I saw those four things, they literally dashed all of the things I loved and were hoping for the like growth of Star Wars. Uh. Um, so any... And and this this story goes on. It's a it's a good read. It's a lot of rumor. Uh, it was posted back in July, and Kathleen Kennedy obviously is still running um, Lucasfilm. Uh, although the the article alludes to at some point she will leave on her terms. Like that's the plan, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, shit. Uh, I mean. You know what? Someday I'm going to leave my job on my terms. <laughs> you know, like uh, so. Um, anyway, all that when I saw that really shitty CG and Luke Skywalker being there, I it really confirmed a lot of this malaise I had been feeling about Lucasfilm. That Disney at the bottom line, no matter what they say, are going to cave to the squeakiest wheel in the, in the star Wars fandom. And now there's with the success of the Mandalorian, there's a lot of buzz that what's happening is that they're trying to generate the Marvel cinematic universe, but in the star Wars cinematic universe, oh, by I can see creating that. all these projects that are all kind of linked together in some overarching grand thread that gets paid off years down the road after you have like, hours of content and billions of dollars right yeah you know uh which really worked for the marvel universe and uh i don't know <laughs> if i want that kind of treatment for star wars you know like uh yeah I, I uh again it's like we've always said those three original movies will always be there and my love for them will always be there so that's where part of me is just like, just embrace those three films and just kind of keep it at that. And just, you know, like just stop with the consuming of the new stuff. Stop consuming the, all the merchandise, you know, it's just permeates everything and becomes this like, it's like Coca-Cola was in my mid twenties, you know, where finally I was just like, like that was every present people, like anybody would get me <laughs> was Coca-Cola theme, like every Coca-Cola, everything. And eventually I was just like, eh, like enough. Like I'm, I'm so <laughs> like, I don't need any more Coca-Cola stuff. And I feel like it's starting to get to that level of saturation with Star Wars. And it really breaks my heart. Like I was really bought into this, this new boundaries that um, Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy, I feel like we're trying to create mm -hmm. and Disney pulled the plug too soon on those because yeah. they were more worried about money. Yep. Yeah. 
and that about that is enough for me to be like i don't need to get spin up spun up on this stuff and get like i can just keep the three movies that i love like i told ash i said i loved star wars all my life growing up but i was 17 before i could access those movies anytime i wanted to hmm. like it was a treat when i ran across those movies like a free HBO weekend that they happen to have like Empire Strikes Back over that weekend or like yeah. you went to somebody's house and they had like these rare VHS copies because they that wasn't a mainstream thing yet, you know, or like somebody had them recorded on the like SLP mode to fit all three movies on one <laughs> VHS tape, yeah. like with, you know, or whatever. Uh, like I... I it, it was not a rate where you could just watch Star Wars anytime you wanted to, you know, until I was well into an adult and, and or, or close to being an adult, I guess, like 16, 17. And uh, I think that's part of what helped generate like all that mystique about it because you couldn't access it anytime, you know, and now it just being this like huge thing, it just, ugh, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I, I could definitely. I empathize with yeah what I'm here and I I think maybe I said <laughs> it's so difficult for me sometimes to regulate my own reactions because I remember you sharing that article and I read it and I have my own feelings about it and I said something to the cast thread that I was just like I hope this isn't too harsh but like this <laughs> I can't remember what it was but it had something to do with being young or nostalgia and I, and I cannot I, I have to imagine I've heard this somewhere, but I just don't know where. So I'll pass it off as not my own, but perhaps something every, something everyone realizes at some point. But it's it feels like nostalgia, especially for like films and um, creative things that you consume when you're young. It's like, it's not, I, I don't know that it's as much about, at least for me, about, I'm realizing it's not so much about the thing itself as like, or the time in which it was created. People are like, Oh, it was a different time. It was a better time. It was a simpler time. Yeah. I think it's just like, it reminds me of like how I felt at the time and the complexities and, and, and negativity around and the money and that I didn't realize was at play in these things or I was just, yeah. it reminds me of a simpler time in my own sort of inner life you know yeah. i'm not saying this very well but it it yeah i i escaped into movies as a kid like they were my like some kids read or drew or whatever and movies were my thing and so when my my form of nostalgia with movies is when I watch a nostalgic movie, it makes me feel like that movie did the first time I watched it, the first time I escaped into it. And like its ideas and universe made me think differently than my reality. You know, like it, this escapism really paid off for me. And when something is jarring as like... So, like Luke Skywalker's face is iconic to me. Oh yeah. He's and one of the most beloved characters of all time. <laughs> yeah. And when his mouth is obviously a cartoon that is not done very well or match up with the dialogue that he's talking, it is off putting to me. I mean, I could, I, I feel like if I had the artistic abilities, I could close my eyes and draw a portrait of Luke Skywalker. Like, like, that's how ingrained his image is into our faces, yeah, right? Yeah. 
you gotta nail that shit and they didn't they just yeah. didn't i didn't get the and sense I, that he was even there you know that mark hamill had anything to do with it I, I, uh it was two stunt doubles that d provided the body and then they composited his they dh'd his face he provided the audio the voice i think is what he did and oh okay because even that i would believe that they just cobbled together through the programs that you can you know just stitch together people's voices to get the there, right age or some there's shit so there's an article that i have also here that it's called um That CGI character appearance was really weird. That's the name of the article. <laughs> yeah. And they, it talks about, um, but he was there to consult on what his character would have done. The two stunt doubles that were providing the body portion. And then I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> That's like suggesting that he could choreograph the fight. He doesn't know how to. I mean, I don't want to disparage Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Never mind. I'll just stop there. <laughs> I mean, did he choreograph the death scene, the, the the death hallway with Darth Vader at Rogue One? Because I'm sorry, the, the choreography is too similar for it not to have been a direct lift between those two things. So, all right. I'm all this bitching. I'm going to, I'm going to, Palmer's going to fix it. All right, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you how this could have been fixed and it could have been awesome and they could have rode this out as long as they wanted to and it would have been fantastic and I would have ate every bit of it up all right so everything's pretty much the same the tie fighter no I keep saying tie fighter but the x-wing flies in and that's where we get the, we know who the fuck that is. But then it's really quick that nobody else does. The audience is in on this, right? And then the show maintains that as long as possible. Just show small little glimpses. Like... Awesome stuff. You could still do the homage to Vader scene from Rogue One if you wanted to, but don't do the whole fucking thing. Just little shit. And like, don't show anybody's face. Don't show it. Like, we know the whole time it's Luke Skywalker, but don't give any outright confirmation that it's Luke fucking Skywalker. All right. Have it set up that shit all goes dark. <laughs> And there's a showdown where he's in his hood walking back to his X-Wing with the kid under his arm. And the Mandalorian's got him dead to rights, like with this like phaser in his back, right? Ready to like take him down for the kid. And like the kid stops the bolt shot in the air, just like Kylo Ren does, like Ugh. right when the man to take him down. And then he knows that the kid wants to go. They don't have to communicate any of that. They don't have to say it. We're we're intelligent people. We can figure <laughs> this out. Yeah. But he knows the kid stopped the bolt and stopped him from dying. And the, Luke doesn't acknowledge the Mandalorian at fucking all. He just walks out with his green fucking lightsaber in one hand. The kid in his arm in his black fucking robe and the doors closed behind him and that's it. You never see that's his it. face? 
never see his face, never nothing. We know, we know it's Luke Skywalker the whole fucking time. But now you've established this mystery that the Mandalorian now, uh. what fucking, who took the kid? Is he a Jedi? You can bring Ahsoka Tana can come back and be like, no, he's okay with where he is. Like, he wanted to go. They could do that exposition in season three where she meets up with them and explains, no, he wanted to go. That's exactly where he needed to be. He's who he needs to be with right now. Like, you need to let that go. And that's what all of season three is, is Mando pining over the kid, like the loss of the kid, right? And we know the whole time that there's no way he could have ever kept that kid and been okay, right? So, all right, but all that, but here's the thing is it's, here's why you do it that way. Because then the showrunners the whole time for the next three or four seasons, just deny, deny, deny. That's not Luke Skywalker. We like, <laughs> that's not Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill can troll us over Twitter right. for those oh, like, yeah. few seasons. We'd love that. Like, oh, you know, like he trolls us that whole time and you don't show his face until now enough time has progressed in the show that he can actually play in real that like 30 or 40 something Luke Skywalker in that like yeah. middle ground time period has come enough and then they confirmed that that was luke skywalker and now our imagination goes back to every time because here's the beauty of it it's a western right mandalorian's a western yeah so up to that point luke skywalker's character is referred to as the mysterious stranger he yeah. just shows up every now and then every now and then and it's like this deus ex machina for the mandalorian and just and that's because Luke Skywalker is continually saving him for the kid to get the kid to like cooperate with his training. And so like he keeps showing up as this mysterious stranger and the Mandalorian doesn't know if he's good or bad, doesn't know what he's doing, just wants the kid every time he sees him. He just wants to get information out of him on where the kid is, right? But this guy, just this black hooded figure just like shows up at random times for one episode or two episodes every season, cleans fucking house and disappears like a fucking Jedi. <laughs> hiding, right? Who's in hiding. And until the last end, they finally reveal that it is Luke Skywalker. And then our imaginations fill in all those gaps. And they're like, I fucking knew that fucking awesome time in season three when he fucking did that awesome thing. I knew that was Luke Skywalker. I fucking knew it was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it would be, that would be so badass. And like, could you imagine Luke being referred to as the mysterious stranger for like in this Western in yeah. the Star Wars universe? Kind of like, like the, the man with no name or... The man in black, yeah, dare I say. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we're the only ones that are in on the joke. Like, we get it. Like, we know who that is. We know why he's so badass. We know why Mando shouldn't mess with them. Like, we know all that shit. Ah. Oh. That is a great. I, that is. I would like to see that show. <laughs> For sure. Oh. I don't know. That, well, maybe you know how this show works. Like whatever that listener is out in California, <laughs> we may end up seeing parts of that play out. Yeah, <laughs> happen. 
<laughs> How did you feel like about the Boba Fett stuff? I loved all of that. I honestly thought it was great. It was that last five minutes ruined everything for me. Yeah, it was a. Bo- I had no idea even what he was saying. <laughs> I was just yeah. so like, sort of taken aback, I guess. And then I, and tried- I knew when I'm. Like if anybody is gonna hate this as much as me, it's gonna be Dave. Like because yeah. of the CG. Yeah, it was not. I, and it was not for me that part. And, and I like. I don't like. Like I like Rogue One, but I don't like the Peter Cushing thing. I don't like the like. I just don't want that. <laughs> I don't know. Like if they can avoid it. Like I didn't mind so much in um, Rise of the Skywalker where there was a flashback with Luke and Leia because that was just kind of a fun like oh. I don't know. I accepted that. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it in small doses. And I guess this was a small dose, but uh, I don't know. It, it does. The problem is it just takes me out of it. And I, I'm sure that there's That's a, exactly what my problem was. Yeah. I wonder if like, you know, watch, haven't seen that, um, you know, those clips from the, is it the last of us, the last among us that we watched a Twinkie that, that oh, yeah. really realistic. Yeah. So it's like, I wonder for, you know, uh, like people who are accustomed to like video game graphics and stuff like that. If, if it's less troubling or if they still experience that same kind of uncanny Valley, if that's the right term, when, when you were like put up against like human, you know, live action actors and stuff. I, so here's the thing though. The last of us makes me ball like a fucking baby. Yeah. Yeah. I play it. Yeah. That was very affecting to see. And, and, uh, and it's not, it's not off putting to me. Pixar movies aren't off-putting, right? Like, yeah, there is a level of that animation that can still strike an emotional chord. Up, I I would argue that the first twenty minutes of Up are some yeah. of the most emotional storytelling I've ever seen on on film. Like, it's it's outrageous. It's gut wrenching. Just checking to see if I'm trying to remember. Yeah, so Pixar is Disney, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. That's what's weird. So, like. You would think that I don't know. It's we just watched Soul. That's one of those that movie, the, yep. the Pixar movie. So the bride sprung that on me out of nowhere. Where it's like we're watching this now. It's like we've never discussed this. I didn't even know this existed. What's this now? Oh, this is amazing. The music's by Trent Reznor. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> and it's like oh, jazz. Really? Oh, now, now I have to yeah. watch it for sure. Yeah, it's all we just haven't got around to it yet. Is it good? I, I liked it, yeah. I, I mean, it was one of the, I literally didn't know I was going to watch it a moment before, and um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I haven't seen very many Pixar movies. All things can like, like Coco. I can't tell you how much I've heard about Coco. Good, always good. Like some of the best I've ever heard about any movie, <laughs> but I still haven't seen it. Um, that one's like an emotional roller coaster, too. Yeah, is Inside Out must be a different studio anyway? But no, like, Inside, uh, no. Inside Out. I haven't seen that that's either. The yeah, that's them. I think. Um, I was just looking at the ones that. But anyway, so you the, know, up though, you know what I'm referring yeah. to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like that's what I mean. Like, like those movies, they are. I think generally they have to be. I don't know if they're made by committee, but it seems to me like they would be because of all of the coordination that has to go in. Like you're not gonna get like improvised shit, you know. Like that stuff has to be so carefully planned and executed you know between a board writing a script and pixar ensuring that they are telling good stories because that's their philosophy is like they don't move forward with a movie there's a really famous story 
that before Pixar really became Pixar, the four like founding fathers of Pixar went to this diner and literally sat down and and penned out the idea for their first like group of movies. They came up with the idea for Toy Story, um, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., uh, a couple other ones, all in that one breakfast. They wow. sat down and they were like these four guys. But their whole philosophy was we don't move until we have a good story. And and I think going through a, a, a brain trust is what I would equate that to. Like they are a group of really collectively collaborative people that can elevate each other like in as a group. Yeah. I think that's much different than what I have heard descriptions of how the rise of the Skywalker was put together where there were actual board members making decisions based on how much revenue it would generate. If it please, like if we do this, our statistics are going to show that this demographic is going to be happy with this decision. So if we put these things in, that's going to, so then they like cobble all these elements together. Like, all right, now we now bring in the writers to take these. We need to make sure these things <laughs> yeah. are stitch them put together. together on a thread, like stitch them together with a thread, you know. Wow. And, uh, and I, <sighs> there's a difference in those two processes. I, I, I yeah, I, feel like. I can hear that. Yeah, and then they, they they seem definitely like Pixar would be the one to model, but I can I can kind of imagine. Yeah, and it's all just like wild. Well, it's my wild conjecture based like on the things you're telling me and my general observations. But it it seems like they are, yeah, following that, trying to follow parts of that successful Marvel model. You know, with yep. like the Ryan Johnson, you'd get like the thing that the Marvel was doing with like hiring a, you know, essentially a an auteur type person to like do their thing with a, with a highly, um, you know, uh, desirable intellectual property of theirs. But then they kind of backed off from that. Yep. Yeah. That's, that, that that's the kind of thing you got to play it over time. I don't think you could have just rocked Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> like, I don't know. No. Maybe though. Cause it's so goddamn great. It but, is fantastic, but, but it's weird. I, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. You got to kind of lay the track for that. I think. I, I think to get back to your point, though, uh, the about the Uncanny Valley, I I don't think it's a matter of that. I think it was just poorly done because yeah. we yeah. can emotionally, we can have our heartstrings pulled. There's no, like, if you look at the characters from Up, there's no human being that is structured that way. Like, his jaw is two-thirds of his face, right? Like Yeah, yeah. You know, but he'll make you ball like a baby. Right. Right. Yeah. It's because it's executed. Well, the, the, the whole package is executed. Well, yeah, they set up the you know? world that you kind of, I think it's the, it's the juxtaposition of the two, you know, it's like free yeah. frame Roger Robert rabbit is not that different than what they're doing with not different enough than what they're doing with things like putting these actors. And I mean, sometimes it's done better than others. And, uh, I think sometimes it's more, I mean, I'm able to overlook it at different situations more than others, but this this one was a didn't didn't work for me. <laughs> what would have been wrong with just getting a young actor? 
to right. Kind of I would ultimately prefer that. Like, I, I, and I, I know why they don't because we would be the minority. I'm sure people mm-hmm. would have a much harder time accepting somebody else being Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill included. Uh, I think he would have been very vocal about that. But I mean, how many like Doctor Who fans, right? They get a new doctor like right. playing essentially the same character, right? But it's a different actor every time. So yeah. like uh I I just don't understand how hard that would have been. Like he he's an archetype, like Luke Skywalker is an archetype, intentionally picked. He looked like he was picked because he looked like an everyday kid, right? So yeah. don't tell me that there's not a a 20-something, a late 20-something actor who's blonde hair, blue-eyed, and has that who could have just pulled that off for the one scene you needed them. Oh, and we, yeah, especially for know, that little. Yeah, time, little time, I mean, they could have found that. Yeah. Um, And then again, it would have been really easy. You, you could have even had the actual Mark Hamill doing all of that stuff if he was the mysterious stranger. Because he's yeah, not like... Yeah, that is a better way. You know, it's a better move. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, the, I, oh, I it's would... so sad. Like the deflation. I, 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 I feel it. I, I think I take a, I've, well, I'd not take a different approach. It just sort of hits me in a different way to where like, yeah. I'm just not, the, the truth of it is I'm just not very invested in any yeah. of the extended Star Wars stuff. I, I really am invested with, I'm invested with the Skywalker family, but I became invested with the new characters. Like, I care a lot about Ray. I care about Finn. I You're never going to see them ever again, though. You know I know that, right? that sucks. You never that... see anything <laughs> with them ever again. Uh, I don't know. You're in the minority. Like I know, but like, things change. You know, 20 years from now, people get nostalgic for them. <laughs> but uh... I mean, the, the prequels are what pe- they're catering. That's the audience they're catering. Yeah, to. right. That ma- because that there makes is sense. a group of kids. Who are now adults that real like the prequels are their Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I spent a lot of time watching like, well, right now like my new bedtime thing is to watch the old monster movies I grew up on again because like I I just want something to kind of drift off to sleep and yeah. um, that I don't have associations with. It's just kind of comforting, and um, those are that for me as as like I guess they're dark movies and stuff, but. I mentioned that only to say that was sort of my first introduction to a kind of a chronology, you know, like the, those movies, the universal, like they tried to restart it, like with the universal monsters to kind of build their own universe, but people are just not having it, which I, which I understand. I mean, I wasn't having their iteration of that anyway. (laughs) I wasn't, didn't interest me, but um, I mean, it interested me as an idea, but their execution of it was not. Not great. Right. So uh, watching these old movies and hearing the stories behind them. And then the bride and I were watching a lot of old Christmas movies. And I can't remember, I think it was the Christmas in Connecticut that we watched where the whole thing was like built around this idea of who this writer for a magazine was and how she embodied this idea of this, this home cook. It was this whole like image, you know, that would today be something like an Instagram influencer, but it was a right. lie. You know, and I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but so it's this kind of, it's kind of, it's a fun movie, but the things that they're talking about and the way that they're equating like circulation of the magazine to being super important that they keep up this ruse with uh, 
someone i was just like you hear these really old hollywood stories you know like almost a hundred years ago in some regards and it's the same shit it's just different it's just sort of different delivery mediums it's like it's always um kind of trying to cater to um consumption consumption and then then the bottom line and then sometimes like art happens but it's just not the the but it's all centering around it's just consumable let's create a consumable that that appeals to the highest number that you can sell the most and yeah it's a bummer when it really comes down to that for things that 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 ultimately you become so deeply uh invested in (laughs) the pride is going to bed she's like slightly less volume because jesus you're yelling (laughs) we're talking star wars baby (laughs) crush dreams and empires (laughs) oh man yeah so i yeah bottom line was the 30 seconds of cgi Totally ruined it, and I think might have pushed me away from Star Wars for a little bit. You gotta uh, take a break. Yeah, like I, Ross um, and Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, we watched. Uh, it's funny. He's talking about that old stuff. First off, I heard that Universal is putting all of those monster movies on YouTube for free. Like, you can oh, just really? Them. That's great. Yeah. I just ordered. Uh, well, I ordered some pre-universal. I'm because I'm starting with the silent ones, which are really great for falling asleep too for me. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. out, but uh, well, that's awesome though. I'm delighted to hear that. So uh, there was that, and then uh, what was the other thing that I was going? Oh, speaking of talk, watching old stuff uh, over Christmas, uh, we watched it's a wonderful life for the first time. Did I talk about this? On no, the for the so, first time. I, I didn't watch I that growing up. I never seen that ever. Oh, that's great. And so like, if anybody's listening to this right now and you've never seen, it's a wonderful life. It really was this like amazing release after such an awful year. Cause it really like, it just, I think it was the perfect year to watch it for the first time. Uh, even now, I think if you watched it, cause it's the, it takes place at Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas movie. Yeah, uh, I suppose not. I mean, it, it is sort of in the way of like um, a Christmas Carol where it kind of imagines this alternate path and then you realize yeah. the joy of living. <laughs> or but I like, feel like yeah. every time he comes in, in Christmas Carol, he's coming back to a different Christmas of his right. life. Oh, and, yeah, you're you know? right. It doesn't even really take place at Christmas. <laughs> no, it's Not just throughout. like the last scene, like where it, it ha- he ha- it happens to be Christmas Eve is when he decides he's going to commit suicide. Right, right, so, right. Like, right. Uh, and, and so that's the like catalyst of the story. And uh, I was just absolutely floored by it. Um, it really was just this amazing story and just you can i after watching it like i kind of used to scoff at it even ash said that where it was like you know when you're a kid or younger even like a young adult even you just can kind of look at your down your nose at some of that sentimentality right and just like and uh I don't know, man. It just hit me. It was just this, like, it was one of those movies that finds you at the, like, when you need to watch it, you know? Yeah. And, like, 
uh, it really was great. So I would highly recommend uh, to anyone, uh, if you have not seen it, now is a great time to watch it for the first time. And That's don't great. get turned off because it's a quote-unquote Christmas movie. Because it really, Christmas is like the like least, is the smallest theme in the whole movie. Yeah. It's, I, I hadn't thought about it like that before, but I'm realizing more and more how right you are. <laughs> like, yeah, really. Like, <laughs> it's uh, a, it, it takes place at winter, so, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, the last scene takes place at winter, but none of the other oh, scenes. Because yeah. it, like, it That's follows right. this guy's life, like throughout throughout time, like throughout his whole life, basically. Yeah. And uh, because his guardian angel or his guardian angel uh, in training needs <laughs> yeah. needs brought up to speed on what um, on this man's life, and so they watch his life throughout time, and it's just this. There, there were so many things I could relate to with that character. He kept trying to escape the life that he had. And because he saw a better life outside of it and he kept trying to escape to that, but he kept sacrificing that dream for somebody else throughout his whole life. And, uh, and it's just beautiful, man. Is it beautiful? It's just really well done. But like none of those vignettes, none of those like different time periods to go to are happening during Christmas. It's, it's literally right. like the, that last scene when they're like, Listen, Daddy. Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's right. Like they're That's in front right. of a Christmas tree. That's the only Christmas that happens in the whole fucking movie. That's like, right. Yeah. Uh, That's so. a great. Part. That's not. I I actually didn't grow up watching that. I only watched it uh, maybe when I was around eighteen. Because there's a lot because of a thing in the Crow graphic novel that I was trying that there there's like a scene at Christmas where they talk about or watching a. Uh, it's a wonderful life in a flashback. And so I didn't have the ability to film that flashback, but my thought, my solution was like, Oh, I can film kind of a impression of like, I could film the Christmas tree a little bit, maybe have it's a wonderful life in the background and get what I really needed, which was like this um, tree bulb. What do you call it? Like whatever, fa something falling off the trees to connect with the present time. So I really, I watched it then so I could figure out a point in the movie to have playing on an, on a imaginary television. But, um, yeah, and I think I was—I don't know exactly what my re reaction was at the time, but I definitely remember being like, "Oh, this is great!" And then now, every time you're gonna have the option to want to watch it, and I think there sometimes with the bride, baby will be like, "Ah, this is such a depressing movie. Do we really want to see it?" But like, if you do sit with that movie for a few minutes, you get sucked in. It's just so—it's um, yeah. so and great. It's, yeah, it's not depressing. No, I, ultimately, I no. Depressing. And like the in the, I mean the theme is he's committing suicide. Right. Like he's got like yeah things that's, get so bad that's, for him. It's not Christmas is the catalyst. Him committing suicide is the catalyst for the yeah. whole story. Feeling right? literally like the world would be better off without him <laughs> was, was like and, they have to get you well, there. <laughs> and you find out that he it's a matter of circumstance. Like it's a solution to a problem that like, and that's what he has done. He has literally sacrificed himself every time he's needed to for that savings and trust right yeah like he didn't like and now this is the ultimate sacrifice that he feels like he can do to save it because his life insurance policy right in that like that's what will keep his family from going into the poorhouse and maybe they right. could like save he and they won't be shamed and 
all this stuff for the theft of the deposit that he was is lost. Yeah. That, and and that's that. the other thing too is like he's thinking of killing himself over fucking money, man, over like over like four grand or something like that, right? And and uh oh, man, this is a really shitty way to explain it's a wonderful life. There it, but it but, is kind of dark like that uh, uh, like at yeah, times, but, but that's not yeah. the general thing you come away with it. Well, and the th- the thing you come away with is that time and time again this man sacrificed his him he put others before himself and he didn't even think of it that way that's what made it so selfless like it it was just no this is what you you do because you should do that like and all of it came from this it it, the, the only point of it of of humanness that he has is that he also like sticking it to the rich guy that w- like wants to just destroy his bank. So yeah. he does like, stick it. He does get a satisfaction of like giving, putting people in houses that aren't tenements that this, that the rich guy owns. And like that, that Italian guy that owns the bar who's oh, like, yeah. you're my best friend, you know, like, <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. I'm, crying. Out, yeah. I'm starting to cry. Just thinking about Yeah. Like, that is a movie that a real, tearjerker like (laughs) so fucking good and just like but everybody his last day while he's thinking about how to solve this problem he interacts with all of those people who you've seen throughout his life in all these flashbacks and they all pray for him to be happy like in that oh god it's just like (laughs) it's so good um so again, uh, if you just need, like, if you've never watched that movie, now would be a really good time for the first time to watch it. I think. Uh, yeah, I I will second that. That's a that's a great. I'm so glad to like hear about that. That's that's really yeah. nice. We've been watching a lot of those old. We did this last year. Um, the bride doesn't like the sound of old films. Like the, I guess they recorded it on, you know, just the crackle and stuff. She doesn't like that. Yeah. I, I find that comforting, but um, I think last year it was, we watched uh, a shop around the corner, which happens to be the uh, movie on which you've got mail is based <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, as Jimmy Stewart in it. <laughs> it's a lovely little movie. Takes oh place like God. in Europe, I think, for some reason. Uh, so we watched that. We watched. That's uh, the bookstore, and you've got mail. The shop oh, around the yes. corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and actually, so I was just following. I knew this was something like this was true. It's a Wonderful Life was released on January seventh, nineteen forty-seven. Um, at least that's what it says on IMDb. So it's a January movie. <laughs> so this is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, they just um, I. I it was some big anniversary or Jimmy Stewart's in um, there was some, some thing, but this Christmas was a big commemorative thing. So they oh, were talking a lot yeah. about Jimmy Stewart and um, he was, and then I talked to Stan, the man actually a lot about this. Cause we, um, I was like, you know, I watched it's, we watched it's a wonderful life. It was my first time and it I'm wrecked right now. Like it's, <laughs> it was, it, I, it really was uplifting and then he kind of like, I felt like at first he kind of like brushed it off, but then like the next day I got it. He's like, dude, it's so, you're right. It was so what I needed to watch. Oh, he and hadn't seen it 
Or he just hadn't seen it in a while. No, I think he hadn't seen it in a while. But um, it had come out. So, like, Jimmy Stewart was, he was a pretty famous actor when World War II broke out, I guess. And so then he wanted, he, like, won an Oscar and then enlisted, like, almost immediately after winning an Oscar. Wow. And then, so then the, it it put, it was kind of a struggle because he kind of fought the entire time to be an actual real soldier while the whole while like the military kind of wanted to capitalize on his fame to like show the keep morale high both home and overseas and then the you know, hollywood of course is like don't fucking let him get hurt like at all yeah. because he's worth a lot of money to us and yeah. like so all these conflicting things but at the end of the day like he did really like see some shit like he because he like flew with the in like his his plane almost got his bombing crew almost got shot down and he saw awful things hmm. and then he came back from the war and had what we would call post-traumatic stress disorder but then shot it's a wonderful life so like his emotion oh, like his wow. wall that he has in that it's all real like he's remembering like this awful shit he just went through with the war and then is making this gut-wrenching fucking movie. So, like, it, it, the performance is so... all Everybody's good, but just, like, his... Who would become his wife, but, like, his love interest in the movie and him have this charisma with each other, but his performance is just... I think that realism that he brings because of that that trauma that he was dealing with uh, just makes it. I don't think it would be the same, as awful as that sounds, and I hate the idea of capitalizing on somebody's sorrow, but it would not be the same movie, I don't feel like, if he had not brought that level of realism to it. But it, it just his eyes, when he is like broke up uh, at the idea of things in that movie, it's awful. It's it's just fucking awful, and it, it rips your fucking heart out. Uh, man, is it good? Great yeah. movie. Oh, what a great pull! I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> oh shit! Well, I guess we didn't talk Mandalorian specifically, but I'm very glad to have gotten. Are you kidding me? We talked for two hours about why I about, hated uh, it. Yeah, but really the end. But I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I I I just I just want to take acknowledge it for anyone for a, any bitter Star Wars fans wringing their hands, but like. Yeah, no. It, we would have talked about those other things if we were into them. The last like five seconds. That's that's my thing with Mandalorian. Yeah. I, re like, just I really liked. I want to just like mention what the episode was that I. I really like to see Rosario Dawson as that. Uh, yeah. a, 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 to, to, I don't know. I'm looking at her name spelled out. Shokatana. Oh, I see. It makes sense when I hear it, but in print, it's like no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was cool and even though i don't really know that character just i like her so it was cool to see her and that was the episode um it was episode 13 the jedi that i liked so well because i was like i fucking think that's michael bean <laughs> and and the bride was like who i'm like what do you mean yeah. who <laughs> that's, fucking... like it, that's the one that looks like a samurai movie like it just looks yeah. so it, it's so good so here's a, a little expanded universe that 
I don't know if you know or not. So Ahsoka Tana, because you don't know who you say you don't know who that character is. Not really. Just like the cartoon, right? Or Skywalker's apprentice oh. during the Clone Wars. Oh, interesting. Oh. So the you know the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah, Have yeah. You, I, I haven't seen that? it, but I know of it, and I've seen like the. Just if you know of it, right? Yeah. So like. It started as a feature-length movie, and then there was a, a like four seasons of an animated show that are called the Clone Wars. Yeah, she's a major character in that show. I but have she a sense is, of that. She yeah. is actually Anakin's apprentice. Like that, I so didn't Anakin know. Skywalker trained her. Oh wow, that's interesting. That's very cool, actually. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the so then that that same episode that we meet her. Is that the Bruce Lee connection that I mentioned is uh, Diane and Asanto, um, Diane Lee and Asanto. Uh, so, uh, so she's Bruce Lee's goddaughter. But like, if you ever see like Game of Death, anyone who's seen like Bruce Lee documentaries will will know who Dan in Asanto is. He was like a close friend of Bruce Lee's, the guy that introduced him to the nunchucks that he used in so many of his movies and kind of. But um, so that's his daughter, um, and I. I had just seen like last year, I think I heard about it on the Bruce Lee podcast, like an old episode I was re-listening to. They would do this thing. They would call out um, awesome Asians or Hoppas. They were calling out Diane Lee and Asanto's movie. She, she's been a stunt person for many, many years, but she directed this movie called The Sensei, which is a little bit like something like The Karate Kid, if The Karate Kid were gay and like how and then there's like hiv involved it's like almost a period it's like a period piece around the time where people didn't understand hiv very well it's it's it's, i don't know it was really um it was it's kind of rough in terms of like the the production values and stuff but i was really like moved by that film and there's just one like just very simple kick that that i saw diane (laughs) desanta do in that movie that i do like every other day in the garage, like <laughs> for a minute solid. And I'm always like, I'm just like fucking Diane Lee and Asanto. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so she doesn't do a lot of acting though. So when I saw her, she plays that magistrate Morgan Elsbeth, maybe I'm saying right. The person that like fights Ahsoka Tana at the end as when the Mandalorian is out with Michael Bean. But I was just through the yeah. roof when I saw her. I'm like, that's fucking Diane Lee and Asanto. And, and Michael Bean in one episode. So I, I really enjoyed that. I guess I just wanted to mention that that one in particular. Robert Rodriguez directed one, which I was trying to like yep. place, but yep. I can't remember which. Um, and I and the, and I don't want the guy. Well, we gotta say like he took his fucking helmet off. That meant everything to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, but he had already done it. He did it at the end of the first season too. Like he oh, I don't remember. Off. I didn't. I didn't remember that. Well, do we didn't see his face though? Did we? He's like and stuff, and he like he was about to die. Oh, and so he took Jesus. it off and I, they like the stuff on him and he got better. After I forget he put it on. everything. It's really but upsetting. He, he took <laughs> it off once before already. And then, Shit. but then he took it off for the Bill Burr episode. It, that was a great. Yeah. I like, love that. It, uh, it was fucking fantastic. Like that Bill Burr episode, the whole, like, <laughs> I guess the star Wars fans started trolling him because they're like, why the fuck does his character have a uh, Boston accent? In, oh, in- Star Wars. And he's like, C3PO sounds like a fucking like <laughs> British butler. You're you're mean to tell me that spaceships flying through space, you can't handle an accent? Like, <laughs> like Bill Burr, right? Like that's good. Uh, yeah. But he 
like ends up he like gives it to him. It's and it's so true. It's like that kind of shit doesn't bother me. Bad special effects fucking bother me when you're the fucking industry. Like you created yeah. the special effects industry. Right. Like you Industrial uh, Light and Magic sh- and Disney. Yeah, yeah. they, they should have done better. They should have done better uh, for sure. Or just not have done it. Right. That was my, that was my other take. Was it's like, why does Luke Skywalker even need to be in this? Like, why can't we just have a Star Wars movie that has all new characters? That's all like it's a whole. There's a whole galaxy in there that all follow those rules. Why can't we just see another part of that galaxy? Yeah, you like know? a Rogue One without the the ending. Or without the Princess Leia at the end, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, well, I guess that's I, got I Darth Vader like, and stuff I, too. But yeah, I just feel like if we're ever gonna grow, like if we're there's only so much that we're gonna be able to tap into that one family, right? In this one arc, this Palpatine arc, which is really, really what Rise of the Skywalker made it. It's all about Palpatine, right? And not yeah about the Skywalkers, and so. Uh, so if it's following that whole arc, there's only so much we're going to be able to tap into that to get get everything. Like, let's just start expanding. Why don't we just, uh, I don't know. If you get, are getting me on repeating myself. (laughs) I'm tired. I'm fat. I'm hot. (laughs) I'm Um, mad. (laughs) I'm angry. I'm sweating. I'm broken up with Star Wars. (laughs) Watch, watch it. It's a wonderful life. That's so, a Siri, that's a good way to go. Yeah. <laughs> watch it's a wonderful life. I think we can um, all agree on that. And titties. <laughs> and titties. It's a wonderful life. And titties. Gosh, man, a good set of titties will just brighten your day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Babes, uh, as a as a teaser for babes look be- best in print. This is t- getting terrible. I gotta get all this out. <laughs> I was just oh, thinking about. Cobra, Cobra Kai when Johnny's like, because the kid's like, I could find all this on my phone. Uh, you know, and he's like, babes look better in print. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Well, this was fun. I'm um, okay. I love you. I'm, I'm I love grateful you, to talk to you and, and we'll do it again soon. Remember the mysterious stranger. The mysterious, mysterious stranger. stranger. The book of the mysterious stranger coming to Disney 2022. Like, did you just imagine just like then it would be like this thing where like every season of Mandalorian we're like when's the mysterious stranger episode gonna happen like when's he gonna, oh, how are they yeah, gonna work like just this season, just sometimes know? I like that yeah make him the fucking yeah. Boba Fett of it instead of the real like Boba Fett of the Boba Fett <laughs> yeah so, so like that's why Boba Fett worked so well I I think was because yep. yeah I think we cracked it disney <laughs> call us up <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll do in three months it's they're gonna on everything that way yeah. watch so uh all right buddy all right talk to you soon okay take care riding the dogs oh i will likewise yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. so there you have it thank you for listening thank you to moto for our rock and theme music thank you to palmer for ian palmer Thank you for subscribing on your podcast platform of choice and telling anyone you think might enjoy our show about it. Head over to lwsdpod.com if that interests you, lwsdpod on Twitter, lwsdpod at gmail.com for encouragement or complaints, but don't send us any complaints. Come on. We all got enough problems. All right. Until next time, cheers, long walkers, and the force be with you. 
and the mysterious stranger. I smell dog shit. I bet a dog shit on the floor somewhere around here. <laughs>